all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. for tuning in today. You're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today, I'm just I'm so excited for today's show. I've got one of my great friends and colleagues on the show, and we're going to be talking about heart health and in particular, actionable steps that you can take today to improve your heart health. If you have a question or a comment for us, you can give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can always email us fit at mpbonline.org. And that's not just while we're on the air, guys. Anytime you have a question, you can email us and get it directly to us, and we'll be happy to answer that. Or you can hop over to Facebook to Healthy Habits with Josie and you can post your question or comment there or send it to me from a direct message. So there's just lots of ways you can get in touch with us today. And I hope you'll pick one of those and join our conversation today. Joining me all the way from the state of Florida is Karen Lang. She is a registered nurse and health coach and is also serving as the secretary for the American College of Lifestyle Medicine's nursing member interest group, which I also happen to be a part of. And we've had the opportunity to collaborate on lots of different things, but not on the radio. So I just knew that this had, I had to grab her and get her, get her on. And that's the beauty of technology these days that you can join me all the way from Florida. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. And thank you so much for inviting me, Josie. I'm just so excited. I'm always happy to hang out with you. So it's fun to do this (laughs) with you today. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit kind of a little bit about what you do at All Heart Coaching and a little bit about what a nurse coach is and why you're so dedicated to heart health. Okay. So as Josie said, I uh, own and run All Heart Coaching. I work with men and women who are ready to tweak their daily habits and decrease their risk of having the heart attack and or medications, people who don't want to go on them, people who don't want to be on them or don't want to be on any more than they have to be. So we work on doing that through lifestyle choices, and it is much easier than you might imagine to decrease your risk. You have a lot more power than you might think you have. And Josie's other question was, why am I so passionate about this? I started out as a surgical intensive care nurse, worked with people, fell in love with the heart there, but kept thinking, why can't we get a hold of these people before they have surgery? And so then I started working in cardiac rehabilitation, helping people to make lifestyle changes there, but they still had to have that heart disease diagnosis first. 
And there was one gentleman there who had had a heart attack. We had worked together for a year and he said to me, I feel better now than I did before my heart attack because I have now made all those changes I meant to make someday. And I thought, well, that's pathetic. We need to change this. So <laughs> that's kind of where my coaching business started with his prompt. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if we've got listeners out there who may be thinking, well, I've already had a heart attack or, you know, I've already, I'm already diagnosed with heart disease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what's the point, you know, and it is never too late to invest in your heart health. You know, I, I throw out the term cardiometabolic health a lot, and we actually defined it last week on the show, but there, it's not just problems with your actual heart and the vessels with your heart. They kind of, these disorders kind of travel in packs of mm -hmm. things like overweight and obesity and high cholesterol and high blood pressure and diabetes. And they all have common threads under running them as well. Right. So the treatment for one is also the treatment for another. That's so right. just because you've had, you know, maybe something go wrong with your heart, we need to be preventing future issues with the heart. And also, if you don't have one of these other conditions, if you don't have diabetes, we can keep that from happening, you know, right. or even if you have it, we can, we can reverse that situation as well. So it all boils down to getting started, right. You know, and not getting stuck. Right. We, we, I had a, an interview earlier this morning um, and it was kind of, they asked me what was my number one tip for, you know, adopting a healthy lifestyle. And I was like, we'll have a plan, right. You know, you gotta have a plan, but we don't want to over plan. And I see that happen a lot of time with folks. What about you? Absolutely. People get paralyzed because we are, we have so much information available to us and there are so many opportunities, so many choices and people just get stuck because they just don't know what to do. Well, I heard this and I heard that. Which one's more important? And so I'm always focused on, all right, what's your one thing you're going to do this week? And frequently when I'm working with clients, you know, they want to give me five or six things they're going to do this week. And I'm like, nope, if those other ones happen, that's great. But we're only committing to one this week because it's amazing when you build that solid foundation you can get a whole lot more done and it will be lasting rather than being a short-term fix. Yeah. So let's kind of think about what exactly it is that you do. Like what is a nurse coach? How do you work with folks? Cause that may be a role that people who are listening have not been exposed to before seeing kind of a, a health coach or a nurse coach. What do you do with folks? Right. So as a nurse, you've probably encountered nurses in the hospital or the doctor's office we educate you, we give you the information, we tell you what to do, and we send you home. And uh, <laughs> as a nurse coach, I have to kind of take off that expert hat because I need to listen to you and find out what your situation is, what your priorities are. So on a practical level, I meet virtually, and I did this even before COVID. Most of my clients were virtual because it's just more convenient. I have done one-on-one -on -one, um, in-person coaching before and in-person in group coaching before, but primarily virtually just because it's easier for everybody's schedule. You can jump on at lunchtime or whatever, um, and we'll meet once a week and talk about what you committed to last week and how that went and you know what's going on. 
talk about what our goals are for the coming week and commit to some new homework, yours and mine for the coming week, how to support you to move forward and then make a plan for that week. And, you know, it's kind of twofold. You get contact with an expert clinician, you know, and then you also get that accountability piece, which is what people tell me all the time is their biggest kind of barrier to being, you know, adopting any type of healthy lifestyle factor Absolutely, um, is accountability. And so having that person that you have to report back to, but not in a, and I'm sure you don't have this type of relationship with your patients either, not in a, in a punitive way, right? Like you're not going to fuss at them. No, absolutely. If the homework you agreed to last week didn't turn out the way we planned, that does not mean failure. That means we learned something. That wasn't the thing you were supposed to do. We needed to do something differently. So yeah, absolutely. I really want people to pay attention to what you said right there. um, Because when I have, you know, so my role is a little bit different as I bring folks in, I work with them as a nurse practitioner, but a lot of what I do is coaching. And so many times when they come back for their follow-up appointments, they'll tell me the first things out of their mouth was, um, I was bad or you're going to be mad at me. Right. And I just go, guys, when have I ever been mad at you? You know, that is not, that is not my job in life to be mad at you. Uh, because if it didn't work, whatever it was, you know, it's rarely because you didn't want it to work, right? You know, if you developed that goal um, with your health coach or with your nurse or with your physician, you were committed at that point in time in in doing that. And, but something happened along the way. And a lot of people will call that excuses. I don't like that word. It's just a barrier that we didn't know existed until now, you know? And ignoring the fact that that happens in real life does not move health behavior. So I'm encouraged when people come back and say, well, I wasn't able to do what we talked about. This is why, right? Right. Because now we've got an extra piece of information in order to, to, to work with. And it may be that that just wasn't the right goal or the right right homework for you to be working on at that particular point in time. And that doesn't mean that you failed at anything. We just auto-correct and move, move on along the way. And, you know, I find that people find that much more, one, we're much more honest with each other. You know, they don't just tell me things that they think I want to hear. And we actually make progress because it's a no judgment zone here in lifestyle medicine. You know, I mean, it really is. And I know that that's probably the way you operate um, as well there. All right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I had, um, if I can share real quick, I had a lady that was telling me that she wanted to lose weight. And I said, well, why do you want to lose weight? Well, she, she was tired of her mom and her sister pestering her. Well, you and I both know that that is not going to work. You know, you're not going to lose weight because somebody else was pestering you. I said, then that's not your goal. Let it go. Just let it go. Well, then we started getting into, well, she had this family history of diabetes and she knew she was headed in that direction. So then the perspective changes. It's she's no longer thinking she needs to lose weight because her mom and her sister are bugging her. Now it's become her own goal, not theirs. Yeah. And I, I cannot stress that more that whatever the the change is it's got to be something that's meaningful important 
to you, not to somebody else. You know, lots of times we come, you know, we come in to see our healthcare providers and they tell us we need to do this, right? We need to lose weight or we need to, uh, you know, take our blood pressure medicines and all those kinds of things. And those are usually true, but we have to connect it back to uh, something meaningful for ourselves in order to, to move that behavior along. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. And joining me today is Karen Lang, founder of All Heart Coaching, all the way from Florida today. We would love to talk with you about your heart health today. We've got a thread going over on Facebook that asks, what is one thing you can do today to invest in your heart health? You can drop that over there on Facebook at Healthy Habits with Josie, or you can give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 or as always, if you need more information about anything we talk about today, you can email us at fit at mpbonline.org. Um, and also remember, guys, that all of these episodes get turned into a podcast. So if you have missed any of today's show, you can listen at your leisure anywhere you get podcasts by searching for Southern Remedy. All right, let's tackle some of these Facebook comments that are coming in today. So I was, I was counting over the break. We've got lots and lots of comments, but the vast majority actually just got one more in. So five, six, seven, eight, eight different people have said walking um, mm-hmm. is one thing that they can do today to improve their heart health. So let's kind of start with, is that true, Karen? Will walking yeah. help us? Absolutely. So we know that the recommendation, I say this so many times, my my kids could (laughs) quote this to you. Um, The recommendation for decreasing your risk for heart disease is at least 30 minutes of moderate physical activity at least five days a week for a total of at least 150, 150 minutes each week. Now, notice I said moderate physical activity. I didn't say exercise. So if you (laughs) are push mowing your lawn or you are gardening, not standing out there with the hose, you know, just, you know, if you're actually digging and stuff like that, that's moderate physical activity and it does decrease your risk. Now, if you are not doing anything right now, if you are sitting on the couch, please do not get up and do 30 minutes of moderate physical activity because your 
hips and your knees and things will be very upset with me later. So start out slow, start out with 10 minutes and then gradually work up to that. But absolutely physical activity of any kind is excellent. We also know that just 20 minutes of physical activity can improve our immune system. And we're all interested in that right now, right? Yeah. And, you know, I love how you gave that extra thing there, you know, about even less than what the guidelines say still yeah. has health benefits. Absolutely. So, you know, I was pulling up the, the stats while you were talking about physical inactivity by state. Um, and so our state here in Mississippi, bless it on this uh, map, we've got our very own color. Uh, for folk, for the percent of physical inactivity at 37.7%, okay? That's a lot of adults who are physically inactive. And your state of Florida, 26.5. So still not great, a little right. bit more um, than us, a um, little bit better than us. But why do, if, if all of these folks on my Facebook today have said that walking is one thing they can do to improve their heart health, why do you think it is that we have so many people who are physically inactive? Well, we have great intentions, but our lives are really set up, most of us, to be inactive. You know, jobs, Josie and I are sitting in front of screens right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we have to be intentional about getting our physical activity. And like Josie said earlier, the number one thing we could do here is we can make a plan for it. We have to make a plan for it or it's not just going to happen. So um, putting it on your calendar and checking it off each day is a great way to make sure that it happens. And it doesn't have to be an all or none thing either. Um, like we were talking about that 30 minutes is ideal. Well, if, what if you don't have 30 minutes? You can do three 10 minute blocks. You might do 10 minutes before work, 10 minutes at lunchtime and 10 minutes afterwards just to get that in. But you, if you don't think about that ahead of time and make a plan, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You know, it rarely just happens by accident um, when, when things fall into your lap to be more physically active. You do kind of have to plan for that. You know, people tell me time is kind of the biggest barrier um, for them. But I would argue that it's just not planning. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, usually, I mean, if we're talking about 10 minutes, mm -hmm. most of us have 10 minutes somewhere along in there. But we don't realize it until we really start to think and plan out our day. So just take a, you know, take a look at your calendar for tomorrow, you know, and see where there might be even five minutes to just start. You know, I think one of the other reasons people don't is because they feel like they have to be perfect, right? right. They think like they have to hit that 30 minutes. And so they just go, well, there's no way I can do that. Yeah. So I just might as well not even bother, you know, and we don't do a great job of not depicting that on magazine covers. And, you know, it's always the, the Thor workout or whatever. And I love me some Thor, but like, I am never going to look like him. And I, so I don't train to look like him. You know, I train to, to meet my health goals, which are just cardiovascular health and lean muscle tissue, you know? Um, and, the vast majority of people are not going to train to the point to look like uh, an action hero, right? That's their full-time job. 
Eight. Like they, they spend eight hours a day or more focusing in on their nutrition and their activity and all of these different kinds of things, because that's their job and trying to feel guilty that you aren't able to do the same things that someone like that is, is, is kind of setting yourself up for, for failure because you're, you're not, and you don't have to, but you got to start, right? We've got to start and walking is a great way to do that. Riding a bike is a great way to do that, but just not sitting is a, you know, is an even easier kind of task to, to get, just stand up for a little while, you know? Um, and be honest with yourself about what, about what your level of activity is. Um, a lot of people that I work with in clinic, when I'm doing my initial assessment and I ask, you know, tell me about your physical activity. And they'll say, well, my job is really active. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you. Right. But let's right. see how much actual physical activity we're getting from that. You know, so you download a, a pedometer app on your phone if your phone stays in your your pocket. Um, and if you're using your phone as a pedometer, it is best to keep that close to your your body, like in a pocket where your hips are or, um, you know, so like the back pocket of your pants or like I wear scrubs. So they go and, you know, go in my scrub pocket in the front, that kind of thing. Cause that's more likely to capture the actual acceleration and movement of a step and just see how many steps that you're, you're getting, you know, um, I had someone last week who thought they were very, very active at work and they were only getting about a thousand steps in at work. And so that's not to say that they're lazy or they weren't, you know, being active at work, but now we know that we need to do some outside of work, physical activity as well to help work on our heart. What do you think about that 10,000 step situation? I'm so glad you asked because I was just <laughs> going to say, could I say a little something about that? Yeah, you can. So I, when I have people tell me that they have a very active job and I say that's, that's fantastic because it certainly is much better to have a physically active job than it is to have a desk job and be sitting for eight hours. However, most of us who have physically active jobs aren't doing anything where we're getting our heart rate up for 10 minutes at a time. So I still challenge people that may have a physically active job, unless you think you are doing something where you get your heart rate up for 10 minutes at a time, you probably still, like Josie said, you're going to want to get some outside physical activity in order to get that in because you're not getting the the best cardiac um, protection there from your physical activity. The other thing we were talking about how to um, get that physical activity in and set yourself up for success. One thing is to have a buddy because Mm -hmm. there are going to be days, I don't care how motivated you are, there are going to be days where you don't feel like doing it. But if you know somebody's waiting for you, you're going to go. And there are going to be days when that person doesn't feel like they want to do it and they're going to come because of you. Uh, Your buddy also doesn't have to be human. I talk to a lot of people who (laughs) take their dogs for walks. Um, And those buddies can be very persistent. So, you know, that will definitely make sure you get your physical activity in. However, make sure you don't have one of those stop and sniff every, you know, two feet kind of dogs. You got to have one of those dogs that keeps you moving. Yeah. And, you know, I really like how you're talking about an accountability partner and, because sometimes you just don't feel like it. right? Right. So, you know, I'm a Zumba instructor and 
I think a lot of times when we are not a fitness instructor and we go to a gym and take a class by someone, we're kind of amazed at how much energy that person has and, you know, how dedicated they are to, to physical activity. And the truth of it is some days we don't want to either, you mm -hmm. know, but yeah. we're accountable to the people that are coming to take our class, you know, and so that's one of the ways that we stay motivated to exercise as we know we have people depending on us to help do that. Yeah. And so that's a, you know, a kind of a bigger example of that, but just finding that one person and, you know, with the limitations that we've had on gathering sizes and hanging out with people outside of your, you know, family and, and your, your bubble or whatever you want to call it. You can have, you can have virtual buddies too. You know, yep. you can um, call somebody on the phone and put that in your little fanny pack. Cause I rock a fanny pack when I walk. Um, I call it a running belt, but my kids just tell me it's a fanny pack and I'm not cool, but that's okay. And just, you know, talk away with, I, sometimes I catch up with my mom on the phone that way. And that's my, my kind of dedicated time to, to do that. So find something to hold you accountable, um, for that. But again, just get started. And even if that is five minutes today, yeah. that is better than no minutes today. Believe and it. yeah, you don't want to get stuck in that over planning phase, you know, but think about things that you need, uh, to have planned out, right? Like where are you going to walk? Right. What time of the day are you going to do it? Those are, they seem silly and seem overly specific, but if you don't do that, then it winds up being, you know, five or six o'clock and you haven't been active and you're like, oh, well, today's over with. I'll try again tomorrow. You know, so be really intentional about doing that, you know. So at lunch today, I'm going to, you know, walk around the office building or I'm going to walk out, you know, walk in my neighborhood for five minutes and then a backup plan. So what the heck do you do if it's raining? Because, you know, I don't know about Florida, but here in Mississippi oh, yeah. in the spring, it is, um, we've got pollen, we've got rain, and then apparently this week we've got uh, winter again. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be like 40 degrees on oh, Wednesday. My. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. But, you know, so it's, and then it's going to be, you know, surface of the sun hot. That's right. kind of um, what we've got going on here. And so it waiting for the perfect day to be physically active may not occur. So a backup plan for that, right? Maybe right. it is um, going to your local mall and walking in there. Maybe it is walking the lap, the, the perimeter of the grocery store a couple of times before you go shopping. But having that backup plan is so very important. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio. 
or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. tuning in to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Karen Lang, and we are talking all about heart health today. And you may think, well, I just know what I'm supposed to do for my heart. Well, knowing and doing are two completely different things. Um, We all know a lot of things that we should be doing, but there's always, or oftentimes, something that is standing in our way from being able to do that consistently and effectively. If you have a question or a comment for us, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring And we have got a caller on the line. We're going to go to uh, and go and talk with David this morning. You're on the air with us, David. How can we help you? Oh, yes. I was uh, wanting to make a comment about good uh, heart health. Uh, mm-hmm. Walking helps, but I cut my, I'm 68 years old. I cut my own grass with a push mower rather than using a riding mower, and that helps me a great deal. And uh, sometimes I'll, well, I live in Philadelphia, so I'm close to the casino, so I'll walk up real fast the escalator, and that, uh, I I almost give out by the time I get to the top, but I'm sure that's got to be some good benefit to it because the escalator's moving, and I'm moving, so I have a little... You know, I have a little extra push or a little extra energy to get to the top. Absolutely. So Karen is nodding her head and mm. actually gave a fist pump. So I think you made her very <laughs> happy today. What do you think about what David's doing, Karen? That's fantastic. I love the fact that he's being intentional with these little bits of additional physical activity. The push mowing is great. Um Lots of times I do have people tell me, well, I push mow my grass and I'm like, okay, how many days a week do you do that? You may have to pick up some more yards in your neighborhood. Um, I got but, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he is intentionally walking when he could have just stood on the escalator, that's fantastic. Just finding those little bits of time when you can get some extra physical activity and is fantastic. Great job, David. Absolutely. Thanks. And your escalator counts for uh, because you're going up an incline you're taking steps up you're getting aerobic or cardio activity and you're also getting some resistance activity as well which is kind of muscle strengthening type stuff because you're taking going up those steps as you do that and that's really important as we get older to keep those muscles nice and strong because it keeps us from falling down. So you are doing excellent, David. Thank you for sharing what it is that you do to be intentional about getting physical activity in. I hope somebody that's listening is like, if David can do that, I can do that too. And we'll adopt some of those healthy habits. And you know what, what I think is so beautiful about David's uh, comment is none of that is what we would traditionally call exercise. You know, if you, it's not going to the gym, it's not, you know, lacing up our sneakers and putting on our exercise workout gear and going and pounding the pavement, but 
it counts and it is important and it is so beneficial for his overall health. So I just love that call today and it has made my Monday. Yes. Yes. All right. Over on Facebook, I've got that thread going about what is one thing you can do today to improve your heart health. And there are some people clearly after my heart today because they have commented about Meatless Monday. And I know. And so um, several commenters have have commented something about diet. I've got a meatless, a couple of Meatless Mondays. I've got um, try to eat a healthier diet, uh, low fat diet, 1200 calorie diet, all those kinds of things. So Uh, If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that we uh, promote a plant-predominant diet here on um, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. Karen does as well, I know, and that is different than vegan, right? We've spent a lot of time on this show making sure people understand that that is different than vegan because Oreos and French fries are vegan, and that does not necessarily mean it is a health food, um, but plant-predominant. What I did notice about a lot of the comments that I got today was focusing on the restriction, though. So I have people promoting a calorie-restricted diet or a low-fat diet, those kinds of things. And while the evidence is certainly there to support that, I like to focus on the things that we can add to our plate. What about you, Karen? Yeah. Well, I usually, you know, there was a, I, there was one comment on there about try to eat a healthier diet. I never let my clients get away with using those <laughs> words. I make them That's make right. very specific goals because um, that increases the chances we're going to be successful. Um, and I usually, most of us, you know, you've got a lot of smart listeners there. They are putting down some really good things. And most of us know what is something about our diet that we could change that would make us healthier, whether it's, you know, specifically related to heart health or not. So I always encourage people, what's that one thing that you could change and it would improve your health the most? You're going to see the biggest bang for your buck, if you will. So it may be, lots of times I do get sugared sodas and Mm -hmm. sweets. That's a lot, a lot of times, or processed meat sandwiches for lunch, things like that sometimes come up. Um, but uh, like Josie said, if you choose to add things in, some of those things will just automatically go away because you won't have enough space for them anymore. So lots of times things that come up are I don't eat enough fruit, I don't eat enough vegetables, and I want to add maybe two or three servings a day. I want to add a serving at each meal and we can start with that. And then you can see a real improvement, a real positive change in your diet without feeling like you're having to get rid of anything. It just happens. Yeah. Uh, And so when I work with folks, we always talk about what's a a swap, right? You know, so if we're going to be removing something, what are we replacing it with so that it's not less volume of food? Because- You know, the belly does not know how many calories something has in it. The belly knows how big something is that you put in there. And when we just pull things out of our diet without replacing them with anything, yeah, we lose weight, but we're also a little grumpy because we're hungry all the time. And that's just usually not sustainable because people don't like to be deprived, you know. So you mentioned, you know, adding a fruit or veg. You know, that's a a goal that I set a lot with folks. And 
you know, the people, some of the people that I work with or a majority of the people may eat none, like no fruit or veggie, you know, it's, uh, or the veggies that they do are all starchy veg, which is not, not bad. Those are still vegetables. We still gonna count them. There's nothing wrong with the potato. I am not a potato hater. Potatoes are my favorite vegetable, but we also need some things that have a little bit more fiber in them and some different sets of, of vitamins and minerals in there. And some so color. just <laughs> some color, right? So our plate is not brown and, and sad. So just like, sometimes we'll start with one, just add one vegetable, but we take it even further than that and get really, really specific, right? Are we going to add that to lunch or are we going to add that to dinner? And what do you think you're going to try? You know, what are a couple that you like and, and feel like you would be able to add into your diet? All right, guys, we've got a caller on the line down in Mobile. We'll talk with Mikey this morning. Hello, you are on with us. How can we help you? Oh, y'all always help me, and I am so grateful. Um, uh, but I just wanted to throw my, you know, little bit in there. I'm calling it micro-exercise. Um, mm. When you're standing in front of the microwave, <laughs> you know, whether it's doing that healthy vegetable or whatever else, you know, it's like you can do a couple of squats, you know. It's like, I mean, um now, if, you, if you're working in an office, you know, it's like that's invite the people that are in the room with you to do it, you know, hey, let's or put some music on and do it together. But, you know, I mean, it, work it in, work it in, yes. work it out, right? Absolutely. You know, before uh, DVRs and the ability to fast forward and rewind and all this mess on regular TV, I used to have folks do little micro exercises during commercial breaks, right? You know, if you were watching a, an hour long TV show, there's usually four sets of commercial breaks in there. And those were usually about three minutes each. So you'd get somewhere around, you know, 10, 12 minutes of physical activity. If you hopped up and did that now, nobody watches commercials. They just fast forward through everything. So we have to get a little bit more creative on when we add those little micro exercises in there. You mentioned kind of moving around when you're at the microwave. We do that in the kitchen too. We call them dance parties and we'll just break out into a dance. It's super embarrassing for your children. If you have children that you like to embarrass like me, um, you know, I'll just break it down right in the kitchen and, but they join in too and are laughing and giggling by the end of it. And so you get that little micro exercise as well as the beautiful medicine that is laughter. You know, it, it is such a, a, a way to, to, make your day better. So thanks for that. I love the term micro exercise. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that one, Mikey. I'm going to think about it next time I'm <laughs> in front of my microwave. Absolutely. Thanks so much for giving us a call. And if you're out there listening and you have a question or a comment for us, or want to share how you are focusing in on your heart health, our number is one 672 Let's talk about this meatless Monday, okay? And why um, why a meatless Monday is a a good place to start, aside from the fact that it's just fun to say. Right. Well, a lot of times people are even scared to think about doing a, a one meatless meal, one meatless day each week. We know that the the research shows us that as far as a cardiac benefit, protecting your heart. The more plants you eat, the better off you are. And so if you can do, if you're not ready to commit to one day a week, commit to one meal a day 
and try that. So then you don't feel like, oh, I'm not going to have any meat today. It can be a challenging transition. And we want you to be successful at this in the long run. So if you start out at a more comfortable level for you, you are more likely to be successful in the long run. So whether it's one day a week or one meal a day, just picking one. And like she said at the top, just making a plan and getting started. Do you have a favorite meat-free meal? A favorite? Well, there's one that I make that I use quinoa, which mm-hmm. is really, if you have not cooked with quinoa, you should do it because it's simple. Mm-hmm. Um, lentils and kale, and then it has a dressing that goes on it. My kids do not like the dressing and they don't like the things altogether. So I make them separate and leave them separate. They can serve it themselves and then they use tamari um, to mm-hmm. add flavor and, and salt to it. Absolutely. And, you know, quinoa is a grain. It looks like um, couscous almost, if, you, if you're familiar with that, which is a pasta. Um, but it's similar in, in usage to a rice. Like anywhere you would do a rice, you could do a quinoa. It's got much more protein in it than a rice has in it. So for those of us who don't eat meat on the regular, it's a good option to add in to get that extra little bit of protein that you have going on there. And um, my tip is if when you're cooking with quinoa, rinse it really, really well until the liquid is not cloudy uh, because it's got a coating on it called saponin. And some people that think they don't like quinoa because it tastes bitter, that's what they're tasting. So give it a couple of rinses and get all that off and give it another try. Or if you buy it from Costco, it comes pre-rinsed. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking, a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever it is, we're here to help. Find out what we're all about and subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB Public Media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. My guest today has been Karen Lang, and we have been talking all about heart health. We're in the last little segment of the show, and we have been getting some great questions and comments that have been coming in about simple things that you can do to improve your heart health or invest in your heart health. And I think people think it has to be more complicated than what we've been talking about, Karen. And there is absolutely lots of science out there about the perfect kind of mix of things to do but we can't get stuck in trying to be perfect. We just got to start. 
You know, I had a question come in um, that said, what's the best time to exercise in the morning or in the afternoon? Now, I know what I think. What do you think? The best time is the time that's going to work for you in your schedule. Well, I'm so glad that we are of <laughs> like mind and that I told them the right thing. Because absolutely, we can go back and forth all day long about, you know, timing of sleep and exercise and metabolic burn and all these different kinds of things. But again, you're going to get stuck in trying to plan out the perfectness instead of just getting started. So any exercise is how is, is yeah. what we want to do, you know, yeah. however same for, uh, life. same for exercise equipment. I quit frequently get questions about that as well. What's the best exercise? Treadmill, rowing machine. It's the one you enjoy and will do. Right. The one you will use, um, you know, and try it out. You know, I mean, don't don't yeah. buy these big bulky pieces of equipment without, you know, knowing that you're going to use them. Right. I purposely do not have a treadmill at home because I do not like walking on a treadmill. Um, I have an elliptical because I enjoy that much more. And I have a rower because I enjoy the row and I know I will use those two things. But if I had a treadmill, I am not getting on that treadmill. It is not happening. You know, um, I did have a comment that came in that said drinking more water. Amen. So let's talk about the importance of water in this last couple of minutes that we have. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have my little water bottle here so I could show it to you, Josie, but <laughs> I have a water bottle. It is fantastic. That's a great point. And I always encourage people prep your water the night before. However you do it, um, whether you have a big water bottle or whether you use individual smaller water bottles, have the amount ready that you want for the next day. And that way, when you get up to go for that walk in the morning or afternoon or whenever it is that it works in your schedule, you'll be ready. But that is definitely an excellent point. And again, something that's so simple and it can improve our health so much. Yeah. And again, don't try and be perfect. Just try and be intentional about it. You know, I had a question that came in that was like, well, how much water should we be drinking? And, you know, just drinking water first thing in the morning, boost your metabolism and all these kinds of things. And sure, there's science behind all of that. But the reality of it is we're all dehydrated, right? Yeah. The vast majority of us do not drink enough water, and we drink too much of sugary things. Mm -hmm. So any movement away from that is good. You know, my the way I get my day started with more water is I have a, a glass that I keep beside my fridge <laughs> that holds two cups of water, holds 16 ounces. And while my coffee is brewing, I drink that two glasses of water down. That way, no matter how busy I get you. Cause sometimes when you walk in clinic, all the things, all the things are wrong. When you walk in clinic and you're you're spending your morning putting out fires. Um, I know that I've started my day with a couple of glasses of, of water there. Um, I love prepping the water the night before, especially if you're doing like a fruit infused water, which I, I recommend a lot for folks who are trying to ditch the sodas, you know, cause it gives it a little extra flavor in there. Um, and then I have some folks who, who still want those individual plastic water bottles, um, and I have them number them, you know, like this is how many we're going to get today. Like maybe it's three and you write a one, two and a three on top of there. And that way you're able to track it, you know, and know that I got through all three of them today or I only got to two of them today. And this is how I'm going to get that extra one tomorrow. Um, so just being intentional and honest with yourself about where you are and where you want to be 
and the steps that it takes to get from where we are today to where we want to be. Also, how much water? Well, until your urine is pretty clear, right? Doesn't have to look exactly like water, but light yellow colored, and that may be a different amount for different folks. Man, this hour went by quick, Karen. I had it such sure a good did. time with you today. That just means we'll have to do it again in the near future. If you have questions that you didn't get into us, you can email them, fit at mpbonline.org, or you can check me out on Facebook at Healthy Habits with Josie. And what's your Facebook, Karen? Your Optimizing group? Heart Health by Enhancing Daily Routines. Join She's us there. A, we have yeah. so much fun. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform. <laughs>